Welcome to another episode of That Anita Live, emotional healing to help you create a happier life. I'm Anita, your host, and this week we're discussing lies, fear, tales. In the unfolding of our lives, we all learn many lessons. Some lessons have harder consequences than others, and some of us take longer to learn those lessons. But the one foundation many people assume gives others a head start in life is a perfect family, having both mom and dad in the same household. Elise Gordon says those people are wrong, honey. Everyone has their own lessons to learn. And today she's going to share with us how she learned fear was not her friend. She's one of the six authors in the new collaborative book, Women Who Overcome. And we're going to discuss her story by dispelling the lies fear tells. Elise, reading your story yes. kept me on the edge of my seat. I had to just pop the popcorn <laughs> and read the chapter through. Was it difficult actually writing it? Oh yes, oh yes. We had deadlines and the deadline came and left. I still didn't submit my draft. <laughs> I was scared. Really, why? You know, I would just, like, is she sure she want me? She want me because I'm her mother, or she want me because I got a story yes, to tell? Yes, ma'am. We're going to run through your story. Okay. Okay. From, as the others, childhood to now. Okay. But we're going to do it in the form of dispelling lies. Okay. Okay? So the first lie that you talk about in your chapter is, you're not, fear tells you you're not good enough. Yes, yes. I'm not good enough for anything, especially with um, school, in school. It really told me some lies. You know, I got the grades that Fair wanted me to have. Which I, were? Um, like D's, passing. I got a D, Woohoo! I passed, you know? <laughs> uh -huh. And um, I never put my best foot forward because Fair didn't want me to. Fair had control over me. So you were the girl in the back of the class that never raised her hand. Never. That never spoke up. Never. Because you can tell now she's very soft-spoken. <laughs> I'm sure you can hear my voice loudly. <laughs> but Precious here is, is still very soft-spoken. I am. Until. <laughs> buttons be pushed. Like, what you say? <laughs> okay, uh-huh. We're going we to get to the okay. buttons in a minute. Because you said fear stops you from doing your best in school, as yes. you just described. Now, how did you overcome that? I didn't overcome it until I was like in my 40s, going to, um, when I accept my calling in ministry. Okay. Then that's when I realized it was a choice. I could either put my best foot forward, mm -hmm. you know, because fear, I, I realized that fear had no more control over me. I, I realized that. And then that's when I went on and I just had to study a little different. Then, you know, some people can just read a book and they got it. I got to read a book, I got to highlight it, I might have to read it again, I might have to make my index card, sticky notes, record it on my smartphone, mm -hmm. listen to it all the way wherever I'm going. So I lost so much time when I was in elementary, middle school, and high school. 
So it takes, you know, so I, I got it, but it's just a different way of studying. Okay, the second lie. If you like me, you'll give me your body. Yes, yes, fear had me so fearful of guys. Like back in my day, it was, I'll quit you. You know, break up with you. I'll quit you. You don't want nobody to quit you. You know, so I, um, because then they be talking about you, oh, I, I dumped at least. I'm not, yeah, I'm yeah. not seeing her in <laughs> Yeah, so fear made me um, have sex with my boyfriend, mm -hmm. you know, because I thought I was more fearful of him quitting me versus my mother and father told me, you don't, you know, don't do it. Or you're not supposed to have sex. That's all they said. Not supposed to have sex, you're not supposed to have sex. But they never broke it down. Why? So I was more fearful of the guy quitting me versus, oh my God, I'm gonna get in trouble for my mom and my dad. You know? So now something else happened while you were in high school that you were very fearful of your mom and dad finding out. Yes. And in the book, yes. it's not really clear on whether they found out or not, or whether they went with you. Yes. Or I had to tell. I had to tell them because I was more fearful. Now, what happened? I got pregnant. And I was more fearful of becoming a mom. So I had to tell, I broke the news to my mom and my dad, and oh my hold goodness. On, hold on, hold on. Cause how did you set that? How did that go? Did you tell mom first? Did you sit them both down? How did that work? I think I told my mom first, cause my mom was soft. And my dad, you know, He's a hard worker, you know, trying to provide for everybody and, you know, go get a kind of, go get him kind of thing, you know. So I told my mom and um, she said, come on, let's go to let your dad know. So that's how it happened. Bum, 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 yes, bum, bum. yes, okay, so yes. What, what is dad's response? Oh, it, I think my father was more so, to be honest, I think my father was more so, embarrassment towards his friends, you know, like, oh God, my, my baby daughter, no, you know, cause I'm the youngest out of four children. So I think, you know, I didn't want to go through with it. They didn't want me to go through with it. So we, you know, went to Washington Hospital Center and we did, I didn't keep, cause I was too young at that, you know. But then, during that period, same high school period, you started looking for love, but you, one of the places you looked for it was in the image of what your father was to you. Yes, yes, that was later on in my life. Um, I started after I graduated and even after I had Shawnees, I looked for police officers like my dad. I looked for police officers. PG County and DC police officers, and they all, the ones that I met, not saying all of them, but the ones came into contact with me was all the same. Because you, you fell for man in uniform for one thing. Yes. But then, with, because your father was such a strong figure in the home, and he was such a stabilizing figure. Yes. That, that transferred over into people that were also in his crowd. Yes. Unfortunately, you picked the wrong crowd because yes, <laughs> you picked the employment yes. versus, say, 
men he actually had in his inner circle, yeah. which is a big difference because a lot of us, we work with you, but you're not really in the inner circle. Yes, yes. And these was new police, just, you know, got on the police force. So they was young and they, they didn't, they was just using their uniform, using their title to get what they wanted. Mm, 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 mm. How did you learn that that was a lie, that that was not love, that you did not have to give your body to show your affection for someone? That's once I became um, saved. Once I became saved and gave my heart to Christ, then I knew my worth. I knew I had worth. I knew you're not supposed to have sex because you're supposed to save yourself. You're supposed to, you know, you, God, God created you for much more than that. What made that click for you? What happened that made that click? It hit, it, it clicked once I, Shanice and I started going to um, a church with the um, pastor, Pastor Stephen E. Young, and he would break that word down. Oh my gosh, he still break it down. <laughs> but he break, break it down and you just, like something wake up in you and you know who you are, you know. He just took the Bible. He would take one story like Bathsheba's story and he would break that down to real life now, you know, and he just broke stuff down. So once you saw that the word wasn't just for historical reference, yeah, but applied to you in your life, yes, then you saw your worth and your importance. Yes, indeed. Look at that yes, face. Indeed. Yes, Look I at love that the Lord. I'm sorry. <laughs> I love it. I just wish I would have went to Pastor Young Church long time ago. You know, I would have saved a lot of heartaches. Lie number three. Okay. If you love me, you'll give me your life. Because on page 43, okay. I read Miss Elise. Fear had me so confused. I got married the first week of November and by Thanksgiving, everything went sour. Yes, yes. What put wedding, what put marriage on the table in the first place? Let's start there. Uh, he talked a good game. He talked Christ. Okay. So he, you know, he was saved. Um, and he just, he, he told me some good stuff and I believed him. Looking back, what red flags did you miss? Him getting high. Wow, <laughs> how did you miss that? Just ig ignoring it, thinking, you know, now that I'm a super Christian, I can save the world kind of thing. You know, he's okay. gonna change. But getting high, he was, a mama's boy, and I missed all those red flags. Now, when you got married, did you have a church wedding? Was it Justice the Peace? Well, what happened was, uh, my I was pregnant with my second daughter, so we, you know, got we're gonna get married, you know, before the baby comes. So we got married, and I was 
you know, pregnant. And so we got married in November. You know, we was happy and everything. At a then church? By thing, no, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. In his mom's house. Okay. Were there bridesmaids, grooms? It was a small wedding. Okay. Shanice, she was my um, br um, bridesmaid, and he had the best man. So it was really small now in her living room. Now were your friends around you? No. Did they attend? No, it was just a small wedding. So there was nobody in your life that said, Elise, mm, 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 I don't think you should do this. I don't think you should pick this one. Uh-uh, probably because, you know, I was married with my, um, with Lon, no, I'm sorry. I was married, I mean, I was pregnant with Angel and I guess everybody was like, okay, we're just gonna go ahead, you know, get married before the baby come. Focus on getting married before the baby come. So that's what we did. We got married before the baby, but it wasn't orchestrated by God. Yeah. So how did it go sour by, by Thanksgiving? He just got, you know, he was a mama's boy, so he was selfish and he just, he had graduated from Howard and all of a sudden he started going, it's like he didn't need me. See, I had my car. He didn't have a car. Okay. Um, his uh, mom and them was paying his rent, his part of the rent, because he was staying with his sister. Okay. So then I got me got an apartment, and they said, okay, we'll pay his part of the rent if you take him with you. Wow. And wow. so I, you know, wow. I thought I was in love and stuff. So that's what I did. Because, so then once he got on his feet, after he graduated, got a real good job, you know, with his, he had graduated with his master's. And once he got on his feet, like, okay, now I'm driving, he got, he driving. Now he can, got money. Then it was like a shift. Because I, then, you know, I look at it now like, oh, okay, I was used. <laughs> Pretty much so, you know, yeah. Thanksgiving, it fell apart. Yes, I was at my family house for Thanksgiving, and he was at his family house for Thanksgiving. And you mentioned the name Angel. Yeah. Which is a very symbolic name in Elisa's life. We're going to take a break, come back, and have her give us the story of who Angel was and that lesson that Angel taught her. Yes. What if I told you? that you could stop the negative tape from playing inside your head. What if, with seven simple steps, you could leave the pain of the past behind and live every day as your true, authentic self? It is possible, and you can do it. The ebook, Seven Simple Steps to Beat Emotional Baggage, How to Become Whole, Healed, Healthy, and Happy, shares how to resolve emotional baggage and feel free to live true to your own personality, spirit, and character. Transform negative thinking into positive thinking and become equipped to boldly face your past and resolve emotional pain. Get your free copy at thatanitalive.com slash ebook. And we're back with Elise Gordon. She's going to break down for us the meaning and the symbolism behind the name Angel. December the 14th, 14th 
1995. You wake up and what's different? Um, I was, what, 36 weeks pregnant and I didn't feel any movement. Okay, now, 36 weeks. For those of us, that's how many months? That's, um, that's eight, eight months. Gary going to my ninth month. Right. So, you went to sleep with the joy of becoming a mother with that baby. Mm -hmm. When you wake up the next morning. Yes, no, I don't feel any movement, no kicking, no movement, just still. So I got scared. I called my mom and my sister and they told me, my mom's gonna come get me because the husband at the time had went to, um, gone to work. Okay. So my mom came, picked me up. I called in. Um, my mom, we went to um, to the doctors, and they kept trying to listen for a heartbeat, listen for a heartbeat, and they couldn't find a heartbeat, but they wouldn't tell me. They said, okay, what we're gonna do is, we're gonna send you to a place, an ultrasound place. Okay. So I'm like, okay. So they trying to pacify me at the doctor's office, you know. So we go, my mother, we go, and then the husband at the time, he met me there. And um, Angel had gone. She had just stopped breathing, stopped moving. She had gone, she had died. How did the doctor break that news to you? Well, he came and said, you know, I'm sorry, your um, the baby is is, is um, had died, and he wants me to meet him at Prince George's Hospital, and I just couldn't. I was just so numb at that ultrasound place, and it was just devastating. I couldn't believe it. I just couldn't believe it. Why did the doctor have you meet him at Prince George's? To um, go deliver the baby, deliver the baby. So even though the baby had passed, yes. you still had to deliver yes. as if she was. Yes. We went to Prince George's County. They set me up and, you know, with the little hospital gown and they gave me, um, they induced my labor. So then the pain started coming and the, you know. And Who's I, in the room with you? It was my, um, my mother was in there. The husband at the time was in there. Um, at this point, was, did you ask the doctor, was there any other way? No, no, I ah. didn't. I, that's when I was still fearful. And I, I just was quiet and crying and just don't know what to, you know. But in my head, I would be like, why can't they just give me a C-section, you know, mm -hmm. and just remove it. I had to go through the same thing if she was alive. I had to go through the same pushing, the pain, the, oh gosh. And I just couldn't understand. I just couldn't understand even, at the time. Even now, looking back, reflecting on it, do you think there was a purpose for it? Well, I just call it the labor of love. I call it the labor of love and I will, um, I will never forget that day. 
I would never forget that day. And um, Angel, she she was she was sent for a reason. She was sent for a reason, and I feel that I had to go through the pushing and the pain. I had to go through it because? for for uh, huh? Because you had <laughs> yeah, to go through. Yeah, I it. had to go through the through the pain, go through the pushing, to just to realize that um, she had a purpose. And did you get to hold her? Before? Oh yes. Yes, I got to hold Did her. Did you see Mama's eyes? Oh, Did you man. see her back to my eyes when she thinks I, about that baby? Yeah, I just held her and um, so the, the nurse, when she came out, I mean, they did exactly like she was alive. She came out, they took her over, they cleaned her up, put a little stuff and put her in my arms and I just held her and I'm like, wow, they, did, uh, they took pictures for me. So I still got pictures. At what point did you name her? Right then, her name was supposed to be Aaliyah. I was going to name if it's a girl, her name was going to be Aaliyah. But um, right then, I said, "Oh, I got to name her Angel because God had me collecting angels. I would collect little angels in my house on my energy. It was little black angels. And when she, I'm like, oh my God, I got a real angel, you know? <laughs> mm -hmm. I got a real angel. But yeah." I look back, I was so, oh, I was so hurt. I was so hurt back then and devastated. Oh gosh. But um, once I held her. It, Did it, that you turn know, you against having children? No, mm -mm. it didn't turn me against it. It's just that. That you, you know, maybe may not have wanted to try again. No, it did, I, I really didn't even think that far, you know, and it gave me time because I knew God, you know, I knew the Lord, so I just started making promises to him. I just made promises, and I was like, Lord, if you get me through this, if you help me, because I'm gonna need you, I'm gonna need you through this, you know? And then that night, that same night after they got me to the room, then the husband at the time was on the phone talking to another, woman and in I'm the in, the, in the room because he thought I was asleep okay. and to this day I'm like oh man that was you know but God had a, a purpose he ordained everything I believe he ordained everything that evening and I didn't say a word I just just laid there just laid I didn't say hey I hear you I'm up mm -hmm. I didn't say a word you know and then fear came again because when it was time for me to go the hospital gave me a big Ziploc bags with little pouches of every kind of medicine to, for infection, to get my uterus back in order, to get, um, to make me sleep, make me go to the bathroom, you know, every kind of pitiful pain for everything. And Fed told me, as well, go ahead and take your life now. You done lost your baby. Your husband at the time, he cheating with a woman from his job at the school. Take your life. I told fear I can't because I got Shanice. Shanice needs me. Mm -hmm. You know, so I just kept making promises to God and tuning fear out and turning my faith up. Yeah. 
Wow. <laughs> that's right. That's, that's a, You yeah. have come through a lot. I, I have, I have. Yep, and I thank God that I knew him at the time because I think I probably would have. Fear would have had me, pushed me right on over. So how was the lady that sits before me today different from the lady that was laying in that hospital bed? Oh, man. She was a mess. She was a mess. I'm, I'm, ah, oh, man, I, I found myself. It took me a long time, but I know who Elise is. I'm happy with the joy of Jesus, you know. I, I got a new husband. You know, we've been married for 13 years now. Mm -hmm. A new husband. I got, um, you know, wonderful children. I'm so proud of all my children. When you look back over everything that you've been through, yes. what is the one lesson that you would teach to a young lady who was in a position that you were in? I would let them know. First, I, I will break that fear down to them because fear will have you in so many crazy situations with crazy folks because it's like you a slave to it. It's you, it's you in bondage. You can't think straight. You don't know you have a choice. So I'm gonna let the ladies, young ladies know you have a choice. Cause growing up, fear had me thinking out of my, um, you know, the what, four of us, the children in my family, like I was born with dumb genes. That's what fear told me. You're not as smart as my other sister, Ellery. She made honor roll and everything. And fear had me, and I would break that fear down to all young ladies, young ladies and old ladies, because some old ladies still <laughs> have it, you know? Mm -hmm. And I would break that down first, fear. You going, you doing crazy things? because you're fearful of doing the right thing. Fearful of it, you know. Um, my husband, he told me one time, he only had to tell me a couple times, he told me one time, babe, I think you scared to succeed because it was like I was just comfortable and I wouldn't branch out. I wouldn't branch out and um, man, because I, when I first started my daycare, I got, I'm an owner of a daycare. And he said, hey, you treating it like a babysitter. When he told me that, I'm like, okay. I started having my kids, you know, it's a small home daycare. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We wear uniforms, my kids, they, I said, okay. We started wearing uniforms. I was getting a backup program for it. He said, babe, you got treated like a big center. I said, okay. So, you know, fear had me comfortable. Okay, you know, come on, we're gonna do circle time. You know, now, hey, we're gonna learn Spanish today. You know, and we're <laughs> we gonna rock and roll today. Right. We're not just going to sing the wheels on the bus or count one to 10. We're gonna do it in Spanish too, you know? <laughs> come on, you know, goes. let's go, right, rock right. with it, you know? So, um, business owner, mother, yes, grandmother. Two businesses. And the second business is? I have uh, um, t-shirts and more. I create t-shirts. Okay. I got a t-shirt business and it's really booming. I just finished doing football football season. So we coaches was all in there. Endless designs, t-shirts, the, the moms, football moms, football dads, endless design t-shirts and everything. So 
Yes, I got Elisa's eyes. Good. With 20-year-old Elise, see, the Elise that sits before me today. Say it again. With the 20-year-old Elise, oh. see the Elise that sits before me today. She would be um, definitely shocked. <laughs> she would be shocked. I'm like, she probably sitting back like, wow, who woke her up? Because I was asleep. I was asleep, you know. But I tell you one thing. I don't, I won't trade nothing for my journey. I won't trade. Been to hell and back, mm -hmm. but I will not trade nothing for my journey. I say that Shanice, she taught me how to, you know, be a mother who I am, you know, when and Lonnie taught me and, you know, Angel taught me. Everybody taught me something, you know. So, and my son and my husband, he's, he's awesome. He's awesome. And I just thank God for where I am today. I thank God for where I was because if it wasn't for where I was, I wouldn't be here today. We all have to learn life for ourselves. Elise is living proof. There is no such thing as the perfect family. Everyone has a story. The question is whether or not they are ready to tell their story. Never be ashamed of what you've been through or may be living in right now. Know that changing your situation is a decision away. And you can start by reaching out to your local crisis center or dialing the National Crisis Hotline at 800-273-TALK. That's 800-273-8255. Because we know sometimes you don't want to be fixed, you just want to be heard. If you'd like to learn more about Elise Gordon, visit Lady Gordon on Instagram. Make the decision to start your emotional healing journey today. I'm Anita, your host, be sure to check out thatanitalive.com for where and when to see our next episode.